Hey everybody, welcome back to Tooth and Claw. Today we're talking about monitor lizards, and uh, Wes actually has probably my favorite story that we've shared so far. It's a little bit of a murder mystery. Before we get to the episode though, I just want to say thanks again to all of our listeners. You guys have been doing an amazing job reviewing our podcast on Apple Podcasts, sharing it with your friends and family. Uh, we see it all and we appreciate all of it, and just wanted to say thanks again. Also, another really quick plug for our Patreon. There are a couple of hours of content, of bonus content there for anyone that signed up for our grizzly and tiger tier of the patreon subscription model so if you're interested in a little more or just want to help us grow and get bigger and better uh that's an option for you so yeah you can find that at www.patreon.com forward slash tooth and claw podcast thanks for everyone that's already done that and uh without any further ado let's get on to the episode thanks again for listening Okay, uh, it is time for another episode. Hello, <laughs> guys. Claw. Good to see you again. Uh, Jeff, I'm still laughing at your sound check. Oh yeah, why? <laughs> Jeff, when Jeff sound checks, he does. Uh, what What do you say? I said, "Palm sweaty, mom spaghetti." Yeah, <laughs> just perfect. It's a perfect way to sound check. <laughs> so, on New Year's, our landlord brought us some sparkling cider to wow. our place. And I get home and, like, there's nothing there. But then, like, my landlord texts me and is like, hey, I dropped off some sparkling cider. And I'm, like, looking everywhere. And Mike had already left to see his family for New Year's. Uh-huh. So I text him. I'm like, hey, Mike, have you seen the sparkling cider that Peter dropped off? And he's like, yes, I took it. I didn't think you would catch me. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I gotta admit, when I get caught, I'm an on. If nothing else, I'm honest. Yeah, yeah. that would have been a hard one to lie away, though. Too yeah. like it's just you two that live here. <laughs> yeah. Like, and what the, are you supposed to say? Yeah, <laughs> and then uh, Wes. Yeah, you like sparkling cider a lot. Not really. Do you like like the more standard <laughs> flavors though, or do you like if it's kind of a weird flavor? I I I'm gonna gonna want a weird flavor probably. So Mike was like, "Don't worry about it. It's a really weird flavor." Ooh. And was, I was like, "That's the best kind." <laughs> no, it was vanilla raspberry or that something. Sounds delicious. The original is by far it's the best. This is, There's a reason you're, why you're it, just talking about like Martinelli's. Yeah, Martinelli's. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm not a big fan. It's too fizzy. Okay. I just don't really it, like it. No it was what. a small fight, it hurts but it's... Tummy. <laughs> it doesn't hurt my tummy. I just don't really... I just... Well, I guess it hurts my tummy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. But, well, is there any other six-month-old dirty laundry you want to air the public, <laughs> yeah, Jeff? <laughs> Jeff's just thinking of fights he can bring back up to give you guys a little uh, I'm sorry. Let me... I'll just officially, for the record, I apologize, Jeff. Wow. Oh, yeah. It, wasn't, it really wasn't a big deal. I just thought it was funny. Yeah. Um... Wes, you've been tired from your new job, right? I have been. Yeah, I've been working like six to six doing Golden Eagle surveys for Hawk Watch. So pretty much just like trying to find Golden Eagle nests and see if they're active or not. Uh, and then this spring, we're going to go in and put transmitters on them. So that doesn't sound like hogwash. That sounds Hawk like... Watch. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I, I never really thought that they sound just like hogwash, <laughs> but they do. I guess I just haven't heard the phrase How? hogwash in a long time. <laughs> But you've seen some birds. Uh, yeah, I've seen a few. It's been kind of. They said it's been kind of a light year this year so really? far. Yeah. So you go to the nest to see if they're active. Yeah, just like check out old nests to see if the birds are using them or not. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. Right now, it's like I really enjoy it, but to the average person, it might seem a little boring because I'm just driving out in the desert. Like, 
looking at nests from hundreds of meters away. Yeah, I couldn't do that. I have to be on a computer in like a cubicle. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, that's Mike. Duh, come on, guys. (laughs) Anyway, uh, we're back. We have a new story for you guys. Uh, Let's hear it. Okay, we'll get right into the story. You know what? Really quick, though. Oh, yeah. Me and Jeff on Sunday, on Jeff's birthday, happy birthday. Oh, yeah, it was my birthday. We saw a wonderful movie called Minari. Which everyone should go see. I loved it. Yeah. I really, really loved it's it. It's a beautiful movie. It's just really subdued, but really beautiful and how, lovely. How do you feel about it winning the Golden Globe for Best Foreign Film? I don't think it should be When the director film. and all the actors are from America. Yeah, I don't love that. But it is like half in Korean, the Mostly movie. in Korean. It's like 90% in Korean. Oh, I'd say like 60. Okay, you're probably more. Yeah, you're right. Anyway, it's a great movie. Mike, we missed you. I apologize. Yeah. It was more family stuff. <laughs> Two, Two apologies, apologies in one episode. No <laughs> Mark Nellie's involved. Yeah, that's <laughs> a new record for Mike. Anyway, I wanted to bring that up because it really was a great movie. You guys should go see it. Uh, today, we're going to talk about a species of animal that isn't one that typically would make a podcast like ours. It, it wouldn't be like on the short list. Uh, we're going to talk about monitor lizards. Now, I should I should retract that a little bit because if you're including Komodo dragons in that list... Then you have a number of attacks to go to and look at. We're actually going to do an episode that's dedicated to Komodo dragons, oh. which are the biggest monitor lizard and the biggest lizard in the world. But we're gonna we're gonna subtract them from today's conversation. So we're not including Komodo dragons. So in this. Komodo dragons are a type of monitor lizard. They are. Okay. Yeah, they're in the same uh, genus, but they are the biggest one, and they are big enough to where they have killed some people. We're going to talk about Nile monitor lizards, which are actually the biggest lizard in Africa. Uh, they grow to be about seven feet long, but that's including their tail. So, mm. I mean, those seven foot, foot long ones only weigh like 20 pounds. So they're not like a huge animal, but we're going to talk about a guy who ended up getting on the wrong end of some monitor lizards. It's an interesting story. When we started the podcast, there was a number of attack stories that have always been kind of floating around in my head that I always think of. This was one of them, and it was because I saw this show on Animal Planet called Fatal Attractions, and it was kind of a hokey show. It was like really... Is that like a dating show? No, it's not. (laughs) There's a movie called Fatal Attraction. It's, yeah, that's yeah. yeah. like the the classic Sharon Stone. Pretty steamy. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, where she like she moves flashes her legs. Yep, exactly. Oh, yeah, that's Basic Instinct. That's Basic Instinct. What's Fatal? Fatal Attraction, Attraction is Glenn Close. That's right. Yeah, yeah. I was wrong. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Glenn Close and Michael Douglas. Douglas. Yeah. Uh, they're both like femme fatale. Both they, with Michael Douglas. They aren't yeah. in this story, right? Uh, no, the Sharon, movie doesn't. Funny you should say that. Sharon Stone's husband got attacked by a Komodo dragon. Really? And we're going to talk about that during our Komodo dragon episode. <laughs> we're not going to get into any more details on that. But this show was on Animal Planet. Again, it was kind of a hokey show, but uh, they told some good stories on it. I lifted a lot of this information from that show. I think it's important to note that just so people know where we're getting some of our information from. Also, some news articles, a few other things. Okay. One thing I didn't love about the show was they did portray uh, reptile keepers as kind of like weirdos. Like they're all just like strange people. And I don't like I know a lot of people that keep reptiles and that's definitely not true. I think people that keep reptiles can be really passionate about it, but they're not necessarily like outcasts and strange people just because they love reptiles. But 
uh, this that, dude kind of was. <laughs> that reptile expo we go to in Salt Lake, yeah. it's like there's some it's interesting like hit and miss yeah. if it's a person. I like would that say for not. like pets, yeah, you're gonna have a higher percentage of reptile people that are like a little bit strange than like people that collect dogs or something. But <laughs> collect yeah. the, collect dogs. <laughs> That's the other thing is it's like a dog is more of like a companion. Yeah. And a reptile, it's almost more of like a, stamp a collection. collection. Yeah. yeah. But I totally get it because growing up, I always just wanted reptiles. Like, that's what I wanted. Because they're pets. cool. They're cool. They're beautiful. I like watching them eat. Like, I was fascinated by them. Right. And I think that's what a lot of these people are like, too. They're not necessarily looking for something to, like, cuddle with as much as they're, like, really interested in reptiles. So Ron Huff is our guy. He was really into reptiles, specifically <laughs> monitor lizards. So in 2002, he's 42 years old. He lived just this quiet, unassuming life in Newark, Delaware, and he worked at a car dealership. He's an ex-soldier, and he spent a lot of his time in the military working with military intelligence. And he had like a really military routine. He would work out religiously. He maintained the same hours every day. He maintained a really strict diet. He was very like regimented and militaristic in his life. He was also a bit of a recluse. When he wasn't at work, he wasn't really socializing with anyone. He was always alone in his studio apartment. He rarely talked to anyone. He didn't even have a phone in his apartment. And again, this is 2002, so it's like, you know, I don't think necessarily like everyone has a cell phone at that point, but he didn't even have like a landline. He has no outreach to the outside world. And his coworkers like describe him as being friendly and he would like smile and, and laugh and stuff, but he also like wasn't the person that, initiates a conversation yeah so i think we all know plenty of those people i yeah. think i know where this story is. is he a lizard person i get what you're saying no, like half like, lizard. is he like a reptilian yeah lizard repti- person is that what this no is? No, okay. no no but he's a lizard person in that he really I likes see. lizards yeah i got yeah. mixed up a little me too um <laughs> okay so he did he has this hidden obsession he's completely enthralled and obsessed with lizards specifically monitor lizards At this point in 2002, he's turned his entire studio apartment into essentially a terrarium. These lizards don't have cages. They don't have any other place they live. They just have free roam of his apartment. And he, I I read a bunch of different articles. Some of them said he had six. Some of them said he had seven. Most of them said seven. So we're just going to assume he had seven large monitor lizards sharing space with him in a studio studio? apartment. They're a challenging lizard to keep in captivity they're not there's people that have them they start out real small and cute and then as i mentioned they can grow to be like seven feet long they are the lo- the largest lizard from africa so a little bit about nile monitors they live throughout sub-saharan africa and then along the nile river delta they're mostly a solitary lizard but there are reports of them gathering in groups around large food sources they eat everything from little mollusks and insects to small mammals They have really thick, dry skin that's covered with bead-like scales, so it's really hard to get through their skin. Um, So they really don't have many natural predators either. Uh, And then they have really sharp claws, and they use those claws for digging, climbing, and also tearing into prey. One interesting thing I read is that they'll like bite onto prey, and then they use their claws and their hands to pretty much pull at it and break its back. So they like they're they're really good at killing and dispatching. That's like a really good wrestling move in WWE. Sometimes you'll see it's it's not quite like things and then (laughs) use their claws (laughs) to break their back. Oh, okay. Well, uh, yeah. yeah. Gotta start watching wrestling more like Mortal Kombat, maybe I guess. Yeah. Um, 
a really something that I also thought was really cool. A fact I read about monitor lizards is sometimes they will team up, and this is when they're robbing crocodile nests. And one of them will like distract the crocodile, and then the other one like rips in and eats all the eggs real quick. Or, like, pulls <laughs> no, them that's away. cool. Yeah. When they're threatened, they arch their backs, they inflate their bodies, and they like go to a full stretch. So they're pushing all the way off the ground, and then they start hissing and they whip their tail at you. So it's a pretty like oh. intimidating threat display. Can they do any damage with their tail? They can. Yeah. To us, it's not going to be like anything that's going to break a bone or anything, but it it really hurts. Yeah. And then if like their last resort, they'll actually bite you. And then they can also emit like a musk from their cloaca, which is like really, it just smells terrible. It's like when you pick up a garter snake. Is there any uh, venom? I guess it wouldn't be venom, but like bacteria when they bite you. We're going to talk about that. We're going to get into that. Okay, so they have long forked tongues like snakes, and that gives the chemosensory kind of cues to them as they navigate the world so they can pick up on prey, kind of like we talked about with pythons. That's kind of how they navigate the world, but they also have really good eyesight and stuff. Oh, so they're just doubling up on like getting around. Yeah, they're pretty good at what they do. They're like good little predators. So... Ron, he would order these lizards through mail order, and then he'd have them shipped to his grandma's house. And he did that to avoid problems with his apartment management because they really didn't know that he had seven huge monitor <laughs> lizards living in his apartment. He'd also um, like pull the blinds whenever he came home. He made sure no one could see him, and he let very few people into his life. Uh, his one neighbor he let in, and we're going to talk a little bit about his neighbor. Um, so rather than keep him in cages again, they just had like had free roam. And he also grew hissing cockroaches at home. He like bred hissing cockroaches because he would feed those to the monitor. And then he also would just like throw chunks of chicken on the floor and they would eat the chicken off the floor. Come on, Ron. Yes, you got to imagine this dude's apartment is is gnarly. (laughs) Reptile smell. There's a certain reptile smell that's very different from any other animal smell. And it's hard to manage that. And if they're just like taking dumps on the floor... And doing their thing wherever and eating chicken and probably like barfing every once in a while and stuff. His his apartment must have been a nightmare. Even if he's like some military dude and keeping it as clean as possible, I guarantee you it smelled in there. Can you like imagine a midlife crisis or something where you already own six monitor lizards and you're just like, you know what would probably make me happier is if I got seven monitor lizards. Yeah, honestly, I'm like... Two months in this pandemic away from that, <laughs> to be honest. Like, I'm not far from that at all. It I'm does proud. sound, it sounds cool. Like, I would right want now. to visit it, but I wouldn't want to live there. Well, he yeah. probably has one of those coffee house punch cards where on, like, your 10th monitor lizard, they're like, you get the next one free. <laughs> uh, so he's he's totally obsessed with these lizards. He has binders, like, full of photos of them. Oh, he has, like, a whole style. filing cabinet with, like, notes that he's taken on, like, how to best care for them and everything. It was almost like kind of sad learning about all this because you can tell this dude's a recluse. Like aside from his coworkers, he has no contact with the outside world really. And he's just invested everything into these lizards. He loves these lizards, really loves them. Like the way Mike loves alligators. Love, loves. (laughs) No, I get it. It's tough. Anyway, he also had a cat. The cat had been attacked multiple times by these monitors. <laughs> That's cruel. It's a terrible on, life Ron. for this cat. <laughs> Get rid of the cat at least. Just Dude. imagine being that cat and trying, like, everything's cool. And then one day, like, it's like, oh, okay, there's a lizard here now. And then suddenly it's like, oh, there's seven there's of them. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Another important note is his neighbor's name was Jeff Wildonger. 
which I thought was an interesting <laughs> name. That is really okay. important to know. Uh, so on a Friday afternoon in January 2002, Ron goes to work at the car dealership, and he shows some of the other employees this bite that he has on his hand. And one of his lizards had bit him uh, while he was feeding it, and he could separate part of the flesh from his hand. It was all cleaned and stuff, but he showed him. It was like a pretty gnarly bite. And they were pretty shocked to see his wound and then also shocked to learn <laughs> yes, that, where yeah, from. that he's like <laughs> yeah. living with these huge lizards. Now, the thing they didn't realize is that this was actually the last time they would ever see Ron. The following Monday morning, Ron doesn't show up to work. So the next day, they send someone to his apartment to check on him, and he doesn't come to the door. They can hear the TV and everything, but he's not coming to the door. So after three days of no one seeing him or knowing where he went, Jeff Hildonger comes home with his roommate, and they smell something weird in their apartment. And they're trying to figure out what it is. So they trace the smell to their bathroom, And this apartment had pipes that ran up in between apartments. And so their bathroom was essentially connected to Ron's apartment through the pipes. And that's where the smell is coming from. They realize something's wrong. And they initially think it's probably a broken sewer pipe because it's like a really strong, bad smell. So Ron, you know, he had this military discipline. He hardly ever left home. He didn't really have anyone to travel to see there's really no reason for him to be gone, to just disappear for this number of days. Or for anyone really to check up on him. Right. So his work, they they like realize something's probably wrong and they call the police. And when the police figure out kind of his backstory, they're like, oh yeah, this dude's probably dead. Just because it's usually like the person either left and didn't tell anyone or they're dead. You know, that's a pretty common kind of call for police where someone's like missing and they go to their apartment. And it's not that common, but it's not uncommon for them to find someone that has died in their house. But this was really one the cops were like, we couldn't prepare ourselves for what we found. When Ron didn't answer, the officers gained entry to his apartment and they saw the huge monitor lizards everywhere and they saw them covered in blood. And then they saw, they assumed they were on a huge murder scene because it was like really, really grisly. Yeah. So Ron slumped against the wall. More than half of his face has been completely eaten off. His hands have been eaten off. His stomach is open. And a lot of his internal organs are scattered all over. And it's been like three days? Three days. Yeah. Well, it's been five days since anyone's seen him. It's been three days since he didn't show up for work. So it's probably been like four or five days. That had to have been the last thing the police would expect to see when they open the doors. (laughs) Yeah. They're probably expecting to see him with like his face on his table or like in his bathtub or something. You know, but... It, it's him being completely ripped apart oh by seven big monitor lizards. So the police, you know, they don't have training for this sort of thing. The, I, on the show, one of the policemen was like, we're not trained for lizards. We don't know <laughs> if they're venomous. They don't, you know, these are just people that don't know much about wildlife. And so they're taking a long time to kind of figure out how to deal with these lizards. And I think their minds were so focused on that that they didn't secure the scene or anything. And so they just leave the door wide open and Jeff, his neighbor, wanders by wondering what the cops are doing. And he looks into the apartment and he sees everything. So he says you could see Ron's molars where his ears should be because his face was completely chewed off. And you don't really think about that, but your teeth go up that high. And so he just said his you could see his teeth going all the way up by like where his ear is supposed to be. And then there's like black dried blood all over Ron's body and then just splattered all over the walls and all over the floor and stuff. So he said that he couldn't shake this image of Ron. And so he went home and immediately sketched it 
Oh, I wow. have that sketch. <laughs> no way. Uh, and we are definitely going to share it at some point. Maybe put up a content warning because <laughs> that's pretty. It's it looks like it's weirdly good and then weirdly bad all at the same time. But then it's got these crazy details in it too. The picture of the bobcat on the wall. <laughs> it's like the it best like part a, of it. Yeah, it's like a Beavis and Butthead. And, yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's exactly what I thought. It yeah. looks like a Beavis and Butthead drawing, and then it like has this cross over his door. Well, I, I mean, it this. has so much detail that you can tell that Jeff he took such a vivid snapshot oh, yeah. in his brain because it was such a a visceral and violent thing that he saw, probably just for a split second. Yeah, I mean, just every detail. That's what he, he said. Like he just glanced in. And yeah. he just couldn't get it out of his head. Couldn't stop thinking about it. So he had to draw it. Anyway, his body had been fed on. It had decomposed to a large degree too. So by the time the police arrived, uh, it was bad enough that the medical examiners couldn't establish cause of death. But detectives like tried to put everything Did they have together. any idea what it could have been? <laughs> Seriously, the cops were just like, huh. <laughs> oh man, that reminds me of this news article I saw recently where it was like, Cops trying to determine cause of death for a woman that they ran over or something. <laughs> it was like, uh, anyway, I can just see a cork board with red strings just all attached yeah, to exactly. different pictures of lizards. It's like, okay, what have we got? Yeah. Here? <laughs> the thing is, is that these lizards aren't big enough to where one bites you and it debilitates you, and then like they can continue biting you. They're they're small enough to where that wouldn't really happen. So it's kind of tricky to like suss out what might have happened. And and we're going to talk about the venom thing in a second, but uh it's not it's not cut and dry. It's not like you're living with a tiger or something. They're pretty small. They're only 20 pounds. They're long, but it, you would have to get bit a lot by them to die from it. And he's like a everyone says this dude was ripped cuz he just worked out every day. So it, it doesn't really make sense that he would like have to fight off the lizards, you know, and then they overwhelmed him. That right. just doesn't really add up. One popular theory is that he got a bad infection from one of the bites and succumbed to it over time. And because he's like such a loner and not really someone that reaches out to people, he was just trying to fight it and fight it and fight it. And then he finally like passed out and then the lizards went and ate him. I kind of have a hard time with that one just because I feel like... At some point, you'd go to the hospital before you just pass out unconscious. But it does happen. I mean, I've been sick to where I didn't feel like I needed to go to the hospital. And then if I like stand up, I feel real lightheaded and like, yeah. I get close to passing out. Yeah. Maybe if I had seven monitor lizards, they would eat me if yeah. I passed out. Yeah. So I don't know. I think a bite from your monitor lizard is going to wake you up. That's a good point. I think you would have to like really full on go unconscious, not just get woozy and pass out for a minute. So I don't know. I, I don't rule it out. I think it's possible. And the thing that does add up is he had just been bitten like days before. Yeah. And his house was super disgusting probably. So like it's probably a breeding ground for bacteria. Yeah. But um, their mouth bacteria is not strong enough? Yeah, so it's probably time to talk about that. For a long time, scientists thought that Komodo dragons, especially, but other lizards, monitor lizards, had a certain bacteria in their mouth that when they bite something, they just wait for it to die slowly. That's mm -hmm. mostly a Komodo dragon thing, but they assumed that some of the other monitors probably had that too. That's not so much the case. Now they think that they actually might have a really mild form of venom. Mm which I read this whole long article on this that was like a research paper. Jury's still out on that. They have the proper anatomy to have venom, 
but they don't distribute it the way that a snake would, where there's like fangs that inject it. No one's opened up a dead monitor lizard no, and found like, venom. I yeah, see. That's I was wondering that too. They have the storage for it and stuff, but what they think is that it exists, but they produce it constantly. And so they can find these little proteins and stuff, but it's not like a snake where they have like these sacks where it just sits mm-hmm. and they like inject it. It's more like they constantly just have it. Okay. And they don't, they're pretty sure now, I say they, I mean monitor biologists or monitor, I don't know, physiologists or whatever. You lizard people. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> lizard people. Reptilians. Exactly. <laughs> they think that it's there. They don't really think though that that's something that would be potent enough to like take down a human. Now, when you have seven and they bite you a bunch, who knows? A- another theory could be that he just fell or tripped and one bit him and then it started this whole thing and they started all biting him. I don't know. I, yeah. That seems pretty far-fetched too. There's uh, like no signs of suicide? That was another theory. He could have committed suicide somehow and then he just got so messed up that they couldn't find the marks. But there wasn't like a bullet, you know, anything that that would typically yeah, would suggest suicide exactly they did eat a lot of his internal organs anyway but then they would have died yeah i don't know pills. usually these lizards are pretty <laughs> yeah. like animals are pretty good with that kind of stuff so my theory is that he passed out from something and they ate him i don't think that they like started biting him and he fell and then they swarmed him i think that something made him pass out and they ate him the other thing that was interesting to me is jeff the guy that drew the drawing said that they like there's like splattered blood and that to me huh. I'm no crime scene investigator or anything but from like my limited knowledge it seems like usually when you have spray like that it means that something's still alive or that its heart hasn't stopped beating yet but once the heart stops beating you don't necessarily get that much spray and so there's a good chance they started eating him while his heart was still beating it seems like they would rip off chunks of him right yeah. If they could do that and they were covered in blood, that's going to splatter some blood around. Yeah. I think there's a difference between like the lizards. This is really grim, but like the lizards like dragging that stuff around his apartment or like getting on the wall as opposed to, or, you know, they could have like shook their head, I guess. And yeah, that, that done wrestling it. movie told us they do. Yeah. That probably gets blood everywhere. It probably does. But to me, it sounded almost like it had arterial spray on the wall. Okay. It's hard to say. There really isn't that much information out there. I think it's, you know, classified or whatever. I don't know what they call that, but um, not classified. Top secret. It's not public record. (laughs) But uh, there's like... We need to get Biden to declassify. Yeah, this is one of those, like, I know this is stupid, this is like one of those things that if I die and I see God that I want to ask, how did Ron Huff die? You know, did he die first and did they eat him or did they lead to him dying? I know that's stupid. I know there's like (laughs) a billion other questions you should ask. This is probably a top 10 question for me. I also want to know what happened to Dyatlov Pass. Um, Who? Uh, The avalanche. Yeah, we'll talk about that some other time. That's a whole podcast. I think it's Yetis. Okay. (laughs) Okay. Uh, So there's a lot of different theories. No one really knows what happened. What we do know is for sure they ate him. And some of these lizards they end up euthanizing, some went to zoos. I don't they probably there was like one big one that had blood all over it when the cops went in, like oh. it had just been feeding on him. And I'm pretty sure they put that one down. One of the coworkers in the show was like, I think Ron is probably happy he went out the way he did and he sacrificed himself for his animals. And I'm just like, no. 
No, <laughs> it's not silver, true. It's silver lining. Like Ron, no way to look at it. Ron sacrificed his money. I'm sure he's happy to like give his money to his animals. I don't think he wanted to get eaten <laughs> by yeah. his monitor lizards. So that's the story. I have a few more kind of interesting facts about uh, monitor lizards, specifically Nile monitors. So they mate promiscuously, which is interesting. A lot of animals don't do that. It's just like they mate to mate and then they're done. Their male gonads enlarge from June to September, and that's when the mating happens. So it's kind of like this free-for-all. Things are swollen. They're ready to go. <laughs> and then they start to like go down, and then they have a few months where there's no mating. How, Summer happens again. How swollen are we talking? Like what percentage know. of size <laughs> do they increase? I'm not, I think it's substantial, though. I'm glad we don't do that. They also they have what's called a hemipenis, and the, like that's like internal, and uh, then yeah. when they mate, it comes out. <laughs> Um, <laughs> Jeff knows all that. I, I, know, yeah, I know that. <laughs> uh, an interesting thing about monitor penises is in India recently, there's this scam where people were killing tons of monitor lizards, like importing thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of them, drying their penises and selling them as they said it was this special plant that was like a root. And it, <laughs> their penises looked like two hands clasped together. So they said it was like a peace plant. And they told people it was like magical and it had all these mysterious powers. <laughs> really, it was a dried monitor <laughs> lizard penis. And you they're know, really, they've cracked down on this trade. I think that puts monitor lizard penises in my top three most interesting penis. <laughs> really? Yeah. Do you, Ducks. Do you want to Ducks show Ducks are number one. Ducks. Okay. Uh huh. Cool. Monitor and. Let's not push them. One really interesting thing about monitors, uh, this specifically is something that has happened with Komodo dragons, but it does happen with other monitors too, is this thing called parthenogenesis, which is asexual reproduction. So they, it's the word actually breaks down to like virgin birth um, or virgin genesis. And uh, they can, they're one of the few animals, like definitely one of the few vertebrates that can actually have babies without having sex. And that's not the female like storing sperm. Like there's animals that can like store it for later. She can literally just double her chromosome and like have male babies. She can't have females. Yeah. Yeah. Immaculate conception for this. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. So they have a different chromosome combination, but any of them that come out a certain way will be born and they're born male. It's rare. It doesn't happen that often, but they can't do it. One more thing. They're one of the most exploited reptiles in Africa, Nile monitors. People capture them for food. They use them for their skins because they make like a good leather. Uh, And then apparently sometimes they're hunted down for the fat in their reproductive organs, which is locally believed by some to be a cure for earaches and a protection from lightning. (laughs) So they like rub this fat all over (laughs) themselves. I wanted to talk about this really quickly. Because in a lot of our stories, when we talk about like what's happening to wildlife, we're going to talk about traditional medicine because it's a huge thing. It's like something that people are using animals for. We've talked about it a decent amount already. I just want to know, I, I think we all agree, like I'm for cultures preserving their traditions. I think it's great when an ancient culture can preserve this tradition that they've been doing for a long time. But sometimes the demand is just way too high. Now, going on that whole thread, you know, that's ex- like animal exploitation. I, I think it's easy for us to like point fingers at some of these cultures that do these kind of things that don't add up with animals when like we do way worse stuff in the US, you know, just sure. our whole animal facilities and like the way we get our meat and everything. It's terrible. And like we're as far as like habitat destruction, and everything we're guilty of so much more than most of these cultures. So anyway, OK, 
so we talked about that. We talked about venom. Uh, oh, yeah. One more cool thing I wanted to talk about with Nile monitors. Females, when they lay eggs, they do this really cool thing sometimes where they wait until a termite mound is wet enough to where they can dig into it. And they go in and they dig into a termite mound. They lay their eggs inside and then they leave and the termites will repair that hole. And so their eggs are like sealed inside of a termite mound, which is like a really safe place to lay your eggs. And then when the when the little baby monitor lizards hatch, they just either wait until it rains again and they claw their way out, or mom comes back and like digs them back out. Wow. So it's pretty cool. It's like that's a, really cool. Yeah, it's a really interesting way to protect your eggs. Okay, so that's pretty much it for Nile monitor lizards. Again, this wasn't an animal that typically would you know we would include, but. I really thought that's a fascinating story. Yeah, that's a great um, murder mystery. That's yeah, great. yeah. So if anyone knows anything more about Ron Huff or if there's ever been any subsequent medical investigations, you can really clear up a big weight on my shoulders because I really want to know what happened to him. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so we are going to launch into our categories. Let's yes. do our favorite monitor lizard. Or no, sorry. We're just going to do our favorite lizard from pop culture. Aren't you going to ask if we have questions from the story? Oh, yeah. Do you guys have questions? I don't. I don't okay. either. <laughs> so let's... Thanks for keeping me to that. Now that we're done <laughs> with questions, I'm gonna we're going to get into our categories, uh, and we're going to do our favorite lizard from pop culture. And I'll just go first. Um, mine actually... Any lizard. Yeah. Okay. Mine actually is a monitor lizard, so I figured I'd go first. Oh, nice. Which Whoa. is... Um, I think its name is Joe, the goanna from um, Rescuers Down Under. And a goanna is a type, I don't know if I'm pronouncing it right, but it's a type of monitor lizard that lives in Australia. Steve Irwin was like famously kind of afraid of them. It was like one of the few animals that he was really nervous to catch because they have like serrated teeth like a tiger shark, which I should mention that. I forgot to mention that. Monitor lizards have crazy teeth. I have a picture of their skulls. They have like, Whoa. they're not just like the tiny it's little like, sharp ones like you'd expect in a lizard. They have real teeth. Yeah. The skulls, I'm just going to describe it for listeners. It looks like a barracuda. It's me. just like a lot of mouth yeah. compared to the skull. Like yeah. there's a lot of mouth area. Yeah. It looks like what you'd expect like a dinosaur skull to look like. Yeah. Mm. Um, but anyway, going back, Steve Irwin was, I remember one episode where he was trying to catch a big guana and he was like really nervous about it because they're pretty gnarly lizard. And the one in Rescuers Down Under, I just really remember loving that lizard. It was so fast moving. Yeah. And like cool. kind of scary, but like really funny too. Anyway, that's I my love, favorite lizard. I love that movie. It's a good movie. That's a good pick. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I'm going to go with the iguana in the first Terminator movie. <laughs> that's a good pick. <laughs> Sarah Connor's I iguana. I never thought of that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I just, it's not in the movie very much, but I. It's so, a roommate's iguana, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I had a chameleon, and I just, like, let him out of the cage most of the time, and he would just kind of go wherever. Like Ron. And that's kind of what they had <laughs> going on with, like, their iguana. They yeah. just, like, put him in the plants. Yeah, just, like, hanging on top of the fridge. Yeah. yeah. And I just love that movie, so. Yeah, it's a good pick. And then, yeah, just a shout-out to my chameleon, Floyd. Miss Floyd. you, buddy. Right, you were Floyd. a good, you're a good pet. He didn't eat you. Which is nice. nice. Yeah. Uh, my favorite lizard's Godzilla. Okay. Uh, I I love, especially, I'm going to just give a quick shout out to the 2016 film Shin Godzilla. It's my favorite Godzilla of, I guess, the 21st century. What's the amazing. studio that does Godzilla? 
There's like a studio that's famous for Godzilla movies from Japan. Is it like a Japanese one? It is. Yeah, it's Japanese. It's probably them then. I can't remember their name. Do you like the really old Godzillas where it's like a dude in a little costume or something? Yeah. So my dad and I, we always used to watch just old sci-fi creature features together. And Godzilla was kind of the biggest and baddest of them. I I used to always watch Godzilla movies on my birthday. Like, that's what I wanted. Yeah, (laughs) that's great. Yeah, Wes was Uh, big into it. There's some debate, though. Like, me and Jeff actually recently talked about this, uh, what Godzilla was. The late 90s movie is the only one, I think, that's like, says that he came from, like, a lizard. The rest of them, he's just, like, a god beast. But, like, that late 90s, the terrible one with Matthew Broderick. Matthew Broderick, yeah. They, like, that one, it's like, oh, nuclear testing turned a lizard into this thing. Okay, so those are our favorite lizards in quotation marks. <laughs> okay, a quick new category that I'm introducing right now is correction corner. Whoa. <laughs> I have a correction I need to make. Someone pointed out on Instagram that um, I was pretty adamant about making the distinction between whales and dolphins. And I did some more reading up on that. And they're all cetaceans, which is like the order that they're in. But technically, dolphins are whales. Um, and I was like really trying to like separate those two and I shouldn't have because they are technically whales. They're toothed whales. It's kind of confusing. I Googled it as well. Uh-huh. And I Googled, are dolphins whales? Yeah. And like Google was like, yeah, they're like but, kind. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But. And then right. I was like, are killer whales whales? Right. And it said, no. Yeah. So then I'm like, wait, but if dolphins are whales, then. Right. A l- just like a little bit of clarification. In that order, there's two suborders. And there's baleen whales and toothed whales and dolphins and killer whales and sperm whales and a few other whales fit into that toothed whale category. But the dolphin like group of those those toothed whales has just kind of in a like a very informal way has been dubbed dolphins and porpoises. So that's the group that killer whales are in. But technically they are all whales. So, so to anyone who listened to that episode, we are offering refunds. <laughs> yeah, Just send your refund. request to Wes's. What's your address? Uh, I'm not going to give my address <laughs> out. Anyway, I do want to make sure we keep like I want our I want our wildlife info to be pretty flawless. So if there is anything ever that you guys think I got wrong, go ahead and email us or whatever. Um, send us a DM. Uh, let us do now some listener questions. <laughs> All right. So from Lily, do we have any unpopular or controversial animal opinions? I don't know. Do you guys have any? I hate horses. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty unpopular. Which my my girl that's especially unpopular with my girlfriend. And controversial. Yeah. Yeah. Now I'm ready yeah. to fight her. She <laughs> We haven't been in the same room since That'd be a good she fight. learned that, but uh I don't know. Like controversial opinions. Like birds or spies or something like yeah, that. Yeah, I don't really, I can't really think it's, it's <laughs> that really that interesting. Apparently, it's something Jeff thinks. Huh. Uh, well, we got no, one. I'll say that. Mike, Mike Kate's no, I'll say I think birds, birds are spies. Are spies. Okay. <laughs> All uh, right. Okay, from D1EG00. How many people would it take to neutralize a brown bear in hand to hand combat if it's even possible? It's a good question. Uh, I can't give you an exact number, but I think it would take at least 50 people. 50? Uh, I'm going to go 30. That's probably too many. Yeah, 30 is probably better. 50 people? You wouldn't even like be 50s, Yeah, 50 is too many. But a bear could rip through a lot of the people. The thing is, like, yeah. it's it's only going to take a couple swipes to get, like, five or six people down. Like, you would have to really coordinate and all get it perfect on your first try. 
or else it's going to start mowing through you and then you're in trouble. Uh, all right. From Mountain Chaser 9, this one's for me. Okay. Jeff, have you tried cake shakes? Ooh, have you? I've tried everything with cake. Everything. Well, I guess probably there's some <laughs> possibilities I haven't like tried. All, all cake lasagna. Like, yeah, I've tried a lot of <laughs> cake desserts. Okay. And I just like warm cake and cold ice cream okay. as my one dessert. Yeah. Do you like a cake shake, though? I. It would be like, it'd be in my top half for shakes. You know, it's very vague. (laughs) Well, I'm just saying, like, I would order it more than like 50 percent of other flavors. Okay. Okay. You guys got any thoughts on that? that. (laughs) That All right. From. I think you nailed that one. um, Yeah. Perfect answer. (laughs) From Bale Nelson Nielsen, cage match between you three. Who? Um, I'm pretty scrappy, but you guys both are bigger than me. Wes can beat me in arm wrestling with either arm, and I'm like, what, 30, 40 pounds heavier than you? 30. Yeah, probably, yeah, probably a little more than 30. <laughs> <laughs> I'm uh, working on it. Yeah, I would say I would say I'm probably losing in that, though. I think you guys both are big enough, probably 50, 60 pounds bigger than yeah. me. But maybe because of that, like, you're just going to start out dirty because you know you have to. Yeah, I'm going to be pokes. real scrappy. You, It's not going to be an easy fight. My money's probably going on Mike. Mike's pretty strong. Yeah. Although, if it's all at once, I would think we would form an alliance against Mike. Probably. <laughs> Me and Mike still need to box. Yeah, I'm yeah. ready right now. Yeah. <laughs> he he would say he wanted to box me and then only practice ball shots. And I was like, well, I'm not going to box you if yeah. you're just going to punch me in the balls. If someone says they want to box me and they go to the bag and they start punching at ball height, I'm out. I'm not doing that fight. Um, okay. Um, top three bucket list animals to see. For yeah. me, it's are we just saying animals we haven't seen? So you can't like do a double. Top, let's do that. It's a bucket list. Okay, but let's just say for the sake of like they can't be animals you've already seen. Yeah. Okay. You don't put stuff you've already jaguar. done on your bucket list. Okay. <laughs> All right. Why not? Jaguar, snow leopard, and panda. Yeah. I'm going panda, jaguar, great white shark. I'm going red panda. Big ol' octopus and a tiger. Okay. All right. So we all want to see a panda. Yeah. Um, well, his isn't a panda. <laughs> um, favorite zoo you've been to? My favorite zoo I've been to, huh? San Diego I, Zoo for me. I love that. Yeah, place. it's probably San Diego Zoo. Although we got a contender this year, the Idaho Falls Zoo, Idaho which Falls is like zoo. a small zoo. But it's just really well done, and like they have some great animals. Yeah, yeah. I I like the local zoo a lot, the Hogo Zoo. Yeah, you get some really good polar bear action there. Yeah, but I'm gonna say San Diego. I like the I'll LA, go with the LA Hogo. Zoo's good too. Cool. Um, all right. From Becca Rose four hundred six, uh, what's the best name you've come across for an animal? Wes, your girlfriend has some really good like names for animals. Oh, you mean this is like a named yeah, animal? Yeah, she says like example Dave the hamster. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, she does. She does do good name. Our cat is named Toad. Yeah, which is probably my favorite animal name. He's What's named her after, horse's name? Uh, Guapo. Guapo. Um, 
Toad is named after Mr. Toad from like Mr. Toad's Wild Ride. Uh, my friend had a cat named Dog, and we'd always just say, what's up, Dog? <laughs> and the cat wouldn't react at all, and that just made it even funnier. So <laughs> it's probably mine. Okay. Jeff, you got any? I mean, I just really liked Floyd for my chameleon. Yeah, it's a good name for a chameleon. Uh, and then I just want to give a shout out to, I thought I had saved it. I'm sorry, I'm not going to say your name because I didn't, but. Someone pointed out on our questions that a moose in Yellowstone had eaten part of a carcass. Uh, yeah, bison. Yeah. So I guess my answer, or my question of the moose eating the people and then being lucky it didn't eat them yeah. wasn't that dumb <laughs> after all. That's true. Uh, that was Burning Jeff that gave us that question. A, oh, buddy, really? a buddy of mine that does some camera trapping uh, and some other really cool conservation work. So. Uh, well, that's cool. that's, that's it for our listener questions. Uh, we have a bunch saved too that we'll probably get to some more of your guys's. Yeah. We also have one Patreon question, don't we? Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, we have a Patreon question, and it is from Morgan, and she says, "Can bears get rabies?" So bears, any any warm blooded mammal can get rabies. It's possible if you're a mammal, it's warm blooded. I think they're all warm blooded to get rabies. Um, so bears have definitely gotten rabies before, but there's no documented case of like a person getting rabies from bears. And it's really, really, really rare that bears do get rabies. They're not like a common carrier of it, but they, it's possible. Because most yes. of those animals probably won't bite a bear either. Right? Yeah. Well, a rabbit animal will do some pretty crazy stuff, but the really common ones are like bats, raccoons, uh, jackals, but not, not bears, but they can get it. It's possible. Okay. Okay. Uh, all right. Thanks again, guys, for your listener questions. Um, one thing that I just wanted to promote really quickly is if you guys haven't done this already, write us a review and give us a rating. If you use Apple podcasts, that's like something that really, really, really helps us out. Um, so please do that. If you get the option or the opportunity, it'll take one minute of your time. Uh, I just thought, that was a good time to put that in yeah, for some I reason. Guess. <laughs> yeah. Okay, uh, let's get into our cage match. Mike? Yeah, let's do the cage match. So uh, this category is where we take the animal of the episode, this being monitor lizards. Nile monitor. And we make a hypothetical situation where they are in a cage fight against all the, not all of the other animals that we've spoken about on this podcast at the same time, but in one-on-one matchups which eat with each of the different animals and kind of see where they stack up compared to all the other animals that we've talked about. So, uh, Wes, what do you yeah. think? So, uh, I'm pulling up our old episodes really quick because it's starting it's to get hard. I think it's got to be last. I think this is probably Except our weakest if animal counting so far. the crow. Yeah, it would kill the crow. <laughs> crow. How about, though, kill. if it was all seven of his monitor lizards? Yeah, we could do that. We oh, could yeah. say all seven. But even then, changes much, even though. then, like... Most our moose has taken them out. Our killer whale's taken them out. Speaking of the moose, too, I was really hard and said that the bears wouldn't beat the moose. I do think some of those bears are going to beat the moose. Yeah. But the black bear probably still isn't. Okay. How about reticulated pythons? No, like pythons are one of their main predators. Oh, really? Yeah, and reticulated are the biggest ones. So I huh. think a python's killing them. How about the little four foot one that bit the guy's wean? Yeah, they could take that one. I, yeah, I don't know. I'm looking at this. Maybe like a single wolf if there's all seven of them. Um, but or like one the on one, they're, they're the last. Chimp. Yeah, I think one on one, this is our new loser. Yeah. We, mm-hmm. Yeah, we got a new weakest animal yeah. in the podcast. 
but that'll be good because now we'll have other animals that can beat something finally (laughs) okay as far as our like what what would you guys do um do you guys want to do that one i was maybe going to skip it because i think i would just stop at one monitor yeah Yeah. (laughs) it's a good answer (laughs) and if i got bit i would get it knowing what i know now yeah i would get it checked out immediately yeah yeah, maybe stop at zero monitor lizards, too. <laughs> as far as, like, what, what I've done you so guys far. should do in the wild if you encounter a monitor lizard, leave it alone. And if it does that threat display where it, like, hisses and puffs out its body and whips its tail, means you're too close and just if back it, off. If it bites you, do you have to go to a hospital? Yeah, you probably should, just in case it's yeah. infected. I mean, it's more the infection than that venom that I would worry about. Yeah. Um. But really, if you get bit by a monitor lizard outside of Komodo dragons again, uh, it's because you're messing with it. Like you're not, they're not gonna charge you and bite you. Um, so just don't mess with them. Okay, so how are we messing things up for them? I mentioned that there are some places in the world where they're being exploited for medicine or for fake oh, little root plants that <laughs> yeah. bring happiness. Happiness. Yeah, it's <laughs> a good, good one. Uh, I think. Aside from that, like, aside from direct exploitation and hunting and stuff, again, it's just, like, habitat loss. But, you know, that's a really vague thing. And I think we've had some people mention, like, what they can actually do to help with some of these issues. And I think we're going to put together some resources for that. Um, There's a lot of different things you can do. Obviously, with something like this, don't ever buy any animal product that's, like, made directly from an animal. But... There's yeah, for some of the other animals, we're gonna put together some guides that can help you guys make good choices so that you're helping wildlife. With these guys, they're doing pretty well from what I could learn. Like there wasn't any good information on how well they're doing, which usually means they're doing really well. So I think there's a lot of monitor lizards out there, Nile monitors. Where to see them? Sub-Saharan Africa. Just spend some time and you'll especially like along riverways and stuff and and the you Nile, maybe? yeah, the Nile, yeah. Especially though, like south of the Nile, south of the, Sa- the Sahara, if you're around rivers and lakes and stuff, you got a good chance of finding one. And finally, do we like this animal, Jeff? What do you think? Do you like Nile monitors? Do I you want to see a so photo like, of a Nile monitor? Yeah, let's okay. see a photo. I'm gonna say I like this animal. I don't need to see. It. I just like you lizards do. in general. I you've, know I'm being a little bold right now. You've but... liked all of our reptiles quite yeah. a bit. I'm a I'm a big lizard guy. Yeah. <laughs> lizard person. Yeah. Okay, Jeff, you've seen it now? <laughs> yeah. I mean, so I, I'll preference it with I like all animals. Yeah. But like as far as how much I like all animals, I would say I don't really like it, okay. if that makes sense. Like I like them because it's an animal and I like animals. But like as far as like lizards go, it would probably be in my bottom half. Do you want to see a baby? Oh, <laughs> Is no, that actually, anything? Um, no, it doesn't. I, I mean, I think chameleons would probably be my top lizard. Okay. Iguanas are up there. So for a while, I went through a lot of different phases as a kid of like what my favorite animals were. But for a while, it was monitor lizards, specifically Komodo dragons. Like I did a whole research report on Komodo dragons and stuff. So I really like monitor lizards. They're, they're up there for me. Uh, they're probably not breaking the top 20. If we're just taking monitor lizards as a whole, Komodo dragons would be in like my top 20 bucket list animals to see. So I like them quite a bit. I'm a big reptile person, so we're going to put them up there. I'm going to rank it 310. Okay. Okay. That's it for uh, for our Nile monitor lizard episode. 
Well, I want to take a second to shout out our new patrons on Patreon. Can okay. I do that? Yep. So uh, Patreon, again, for you guys who are not yet a part of it, um, it's really cool. We're recording a lot of bonus content for people who are subscribed to us there. We have a couple of hours posted there already that you guys can just have access to as, as soon as you subscribe to us. We're biased, but I think we all think that our mini episodes so far have been pretty good. Yeah, me and Mike are way better storytellers than Wes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Regardless they of whether that... Great. Yeah, no, they're fun, but um, just want to give a shout out to our newest patrons. Um, thank you so much. You guys have been incredible, and you're making some really cool things happen for us. So thank you to Kali, Sarah, Rebecca, Emma, Tina, Madison. Oh, no. I told her I was going to butcher this name. Uh, and she's she really wants you to get it right, too. Is it? Shoot, I'm the first letter even is going to mess I think me it's up. Is Yo. it Yoanara? I think it's, yeah. Yoanara. Yeah. That's what okay. I thought, too. Yoanara. If we got that wrong, we're so sorry. Yeah. We like you all the same. Yeah. Uh, just change your name to something easier maybe next time. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Emily, Allison, Gary, Aaron, Hoyt, Marissa, Nathan, Pico, and Devin. Y'all are the greatest. Y'all are just guys. the greatest. Yeah. Like Mike mentioned, I, I mean, we all, we're all working like nine to fives or about to start big, long jobs. And if we could get to a point where this could be, you know, something that makes it a little easier for us to do more content, we definitely will. So for sure. Patreon gets us started on that road. Okay. So that's it for Monitor Lizards. And thanks for tuning in, guys. Good job. Thank you. Good story. Thanks. All right. All right. We're we'll done. see you, everyone. Yeah, we'll see you. <laughs>Hey guys, Heather Ashley here, host of the Big Mad True Crime Podcast. If you're looking for a true crime podcast with all of the details and none of the small talk, you have found your people. Each week, we dive deep into a new case and learn everything there is to know, from getting to know the victim and the impact their case has had on those around them, to the investigation into what happened to them and who is or might be responsible. And if the bad guy looks like he might drink whiskey by a dumpster or has the social skills of an ogre, we say it because we were all thinking it anyway. As the name suggests, we get big mad over true crime, and I would love to have you join our incredible community of listeners with big hearts and zero time for small talk. Subscribe to Big Mad True Crime anywhere you listen to podcasts and listen to new episodes every single Monday.